Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hi, and welcome to Financials Podcast. I'm your host, Barbara Ginty, and a CFP, Certified Financial Planner. And I'm here today with a guest to talk about her finances. So welcome. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yes. Hi, my name is Kira. I am in my mid-30s and I work for a financial corporation as a human resources analyst. Very nice. And so as you know, we like to talk about all the fun facts of your personal finance life. And the goal is to figure out what stresses you out about your money and see if I can help you with that. So let's start with the basics. So How long have you been in this role that you're in? I have been in this role for seven years. A long time. And what do you make? My total compensation is 115,000. That's great. And what about how are we doing with savings and debt? Well, as far as savings go, I try to put away at least 20% of my takeaway to allocate towards my savings alone. That's yep. after I do 401k, which also deducts a good like 9%. Okay. So yeah, I was going to say, so you try and save 20% of what you get in your bank account, not necessarily from your 401k. So what do you do for your 401k? So for my 401k, I do a pre-tax uh, deduction of 9% of my take home, or sorry, of my pre-tax dollar. So 9% of my pre-tax. That's fine. You don't need to understand this. There's no judgment. If you don't understand, that's what I'm here to do. I'm sure here to help you with this. Okay, so you put in money to your 401k, um, and you said that you put 9%, and then does your company match that? Yes, they match up to 9% max. Great. Okay, so you're getting all the free money that's available. Yes. And then after that, then once your money, you get paid and it goes into your bank account, then you try and save 20% from there. Yes. So you're living on a, quite a budget. I am. Good. Good for you. So are you look, Are you paying off debt or are you... Um, I've, I've been fortunate enough that I don't have any debt, but I do have a mortgage. Okay. And so you're looking to pay off your mortgage faster? Is that why you're saving 20%? Or what is that? where is that money going? What is it going towards? Well, I feel like I save up for a rainy day, but also, yes, um, ideally it would be great to be able to pay off the mortgage a little bit faster. Um, and how was the mortgage process? Because I think that's something that intimidates a lot of people and can be quite stressful. So do you want to tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, so the mortgage process was absolutely daunting and overwhelming. Um, I feel like my I was, I was forced to do it on my own, which now I kind of see as a blessing. But at the time, I really complained that... I had no support from anyone who had gone through the process, especially like my family. So say that. So why were you forced to do it on your own? Um, I, I believe it was because my dad wanted to teach me how to be a very independent person and to be able to go out into the world and figure these things out on my own. So why do you think your dad was really pushing for you to do the mortgage? 
Well, he, we, we, he came here with nothing, and it, we're an immigrant family, and I feel that he felt strongly that it was very important for me to do these things. To in, establish yourself financially in that regard. It, absolutely. Because I would say, I think it would be such a great opportunity to say that you've saved the money and you've did this on by yourself. That's really impressive. Because it's hard enough, you know, I think having a partner to do it or a spouse to do it with, but to be able to say you did it on your own, yeah, um, I definitely had a little bit of their support financially, but I had moved home and started to save money even prior to moving home. And so that's a big sacrifice. Absolutely. And so you did that in your early 30s, you moved home. To, yes. To, in order to save for a mortgage. Yes. Wow. Yep. How was that? Oh, it was painful. I was commuting <laughs> about two hours and... I mean, because you've been living on your own for... friends' apartments and couches and all kinds oh of Oh my things. gosh, because you've been living on your own for years and then decided... Yes. And what was the impetus? Like, was it your your dad saying, "I really think that you should work towards this"? Is that that was it? Exactly. She's nodding for those of you that can't see yeah. that. <laughs> so your dad really was the driver, saying that this is something that you should work towards. It's going to be good for you. Yes, and to teach me how to be responsible with money because I think up until that point he thought I was a very uh, spoiled individual, having just gotten a job and started to just live out on my own, and he really felt it was like necessary for me to have that responsibility. Yes, because it is a responsibility. Absolutely. Not, not to say that rent isn't a responsibility, but there's a lot that comes with home ownership. Oh, yeah. Um, just one example is when your co- closet is so full that the rod breaks and there, you're I just, hate when that happens. <laughs> you can't call the super and say, hey, come fix it. Yeah, you're the super. I'm the super. I have to figure out Are you out good at fixing closets? No. Uh, my short-term <laughs> solution was to go to Bed Bath & Beyond and get a garment rack. <laughs> oh, we had those when I worked at the Gap. We had those like rolling guard. Did you get a rolling garment rack? Yes. Yeah, they're portable, so you can move it. You can get dressed in the kitchen or in your bedroom. <laughs> yeah, fortunately, I got it to fit into the closet. Oh, okay, good. So then the rod just became a irrelevant piece of life. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, ownership, I, I own a property as well, and compared to renting, it's very different because every problem is your own. Yes. So you can't just say... I'm going to call the super, the dryer's broken, I want to get it fixed. It's you have to go find a new dryer, you have to get the dryer out, you have to get the new dryer in, you have to make sure that that dryer also fits on top of the washing machine that you currently have, right, because you have to measure. Mm -hmm. I'm not good at measuring, folks. But yes, these are all problems that you have as an owner. Yes, absolutely. But there are a lot of benefits. Yes. So obviously living at home with your parents and couch surfing probably was not ideal. No, but it ended up being a short-term thing. So for, for a, year, a long-term, yeah, for a really long-term goal that would that I feel the because you now of. own. So I must so we talked about your income. You make one hundred and fifteen thousand. You work in human capital. Did I get that right? Human resources. Human resources. Human capital is a fancy word for it. Human resources, and you now can say you own a piece of the city. Yes, I. I That's I'm impressive. Very fortunate. <laughs> So one of your goals then is to try and pay that off faster or to... Well, faster or the um, if things in my personal life were happen to evolve, I'd want to be able to be in a situation where if I wanted to sell the apartment and move somewhere else, I'd be financially okay with my whatever I have available to be able to use that towards the next purchase or to put down further, a bigger, greater down, down payment. payment. So, okay, um, so maybe we should take a step back for those of those people that are listening because... I think that one of the biggest obstacles with home buying is the down payment. And that is a huge obstacle. 
to have to have that money available and closing costs. No one talks about closing costs, but closing costs are expensive. Very Were you aware of how expensive all that was, or? So I had done a bit of research online just to look at what costs looked like for closing. But given that we live in New York City, it's quite different than the rest of the country. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot more more that goes into it. So luckily, I had projected a much higher cost. Then I actually ended up playing a closing, which felt good, but it was still quite a sum. Yeah, it's hard to come up with that. But so living at home helped you save that money, and then your dad, did your, maybe did your mom help too, just your dad was really the motivator here? Uh, my my dad was the one who who was like, he, he kicked the idea around for a couple years, and he was kind of waiting for me to realize that, you know, this is probably the better bet. This is bet. what he wanted you to do. Yeah, and, <laughs> and and I think in the end, he was happy for me and that it turned out the way it did. But he will not take any credit for it, which is true, because he did not uh, walk me through the process. He had me go to my closing day on my own. That's impressive, though. You did that all by yourself. Yes, because it's scary being yeah. at a closing table. So for those who haven't done it, you can describe it. But you sit at this table, and how many people were in the room with you? About eight. Eight. A people. lot of people, and you yes. write a lot of checks. Oh my goodness! Check hey. after check after. I think I got free donuts. I don't know about we had donut free donuts and coffee. I mean, it wasn't really free because I wrote a lot of checks. But I don't know if you got donuts and coffee. I, I didn't get donuts and coffee, but I did get. You should a nice... ask next next time you buy an apartment. You should ask for donuts and coffee. I mean, if you're going to be writing all those checks, I, I got a nice gift card tar- gift card to Gracious Home. Oh, okay, was... so that was your win. That was your win. I got donuts, <laughs> which um, yeah, I used to buy some the cleaning appliances for the apartment, and then also to to have someone come and clean it. Like I had to do everything: get the movers, um, supervise the move. If there was um, Talking to the resident manager, I had to do all of that, fill out the new paperwork of, of moving in. Um, there was a fee for moving in. There's a fee for moving out that they take An elevator front. fee? There's an elevator. Like, you have to... It's rent a the lot. Elevator. Rent the elevator. It's so much coordination, and it's very overwhelming. But once you're in there, it's very exciting to say, oh, my goodness. I, I you own this. it. Yes. That's it's exciting. And so exciting. what did you do for a mortgage? You, what kind of mortgage do you have? I have a 30-year mortgage with a fixed rate. High five on that. Good job, girl. That's what I love to hear. Okay. Did your dad tell you that? Yes. Okay. (laughs) That is the way to go for your first home. Because 30-year gives you a lower payment monthly and gives you a longer time, because it's a longer time horizon to pay it off. Fixed means that you know exactly what your payment's going to be every month. And the great news with that is you can always make a principal payment, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Did your dad talk to you about that? Um, I don't think he's as versed in it as you may be. Okay. So I but think he he was the one being like 30-year fixed. 30-year fixed. And what was your rate at? Do you know? Um, like 3.4 or something like really great. That is amazing. That's great because we're in historic lows right now. Yes. So that is, you lock that in for 30 years. That was another reason he kept emphasizing that I should do this rather Mm -hmm. sooner than later because he felt this was the best time in terms of mortgage rates. He had seen over the years what they fluctuated as. To be honest, I wasn't ready. I bought a building for my office and I wasn't in the financial position to comfortably do it. I don't know if you would say that you were comfortable in your purchase. But I, my my lease had expired and so the option was I could either continue to pay rent, which was going to be incredibly more because the, the building I was renting in had been purchased, so the rent was going to increase substantially. Or I could suck it up as kind of maybe what you did, and I uh, rented out my apartment and shacked up with some friends and stayed with my parents and then was able to purchase, but for the same reason as you did, because I 
I knew long term, even though short term it was going to really be not so fun, I would be able to lock in a low interest rate. And yours is lower than mine, so good job on that. That's awesome. So what would you say is the biggest stressor for you? It sounds like you have a lot of it together. You're doing a good job saving. You've bought your first place already. Uh, what do you think is your biggest stress with money? Does money stress you out at all? A little bit. Um, you know, I'd like to be able to travel more or go out to nicer restaurants to eat, but having to be uh, to be budget conscious, it's very hard to 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 think about those things mm-hmm. to be it's it's so easy to say okay i'll just put it in my credit card and then oh, pay gosh. for it for a few do months you, do you have anything on your credit card now no i'm okay. no, knock on wood i'm i'm very there's no OCD. wood but we can knock on the, on yeah, the chairs ocd okay. about making sure to make timely payments and also I, I think that's very relevant for mortgage because they check your credit and yep. your credit history and if you're not strong enough um, they wouldn't even consider you for the loan. Absolutely, so that's that definitely was true. Another, um, and I think that was also a good thing that my dad forced me to open my first credit card as soon as I got my first job, so that to I establish had credit. To because say, yes. part of it's length of length of time you have it. So length of history is one of the factors they consider with credit reports. So people don't realize that, but so just age mm-hmm. helps. Absolutely, and I almost feel like I wish I had even done it sooner than that, but I probably wasn't responsible enough with money in college to be able to say... Probably not in college. <laughs> you never know, but probably not in college. No, I, I definitely was um, on the phone with my dad in college, and he'd be like, why am I getting this bill that says it's past due? You can't have past due anything, no. ever. Yeah, and so definitely I think, don't want that. <laughs> yeah. So it was a, it was a lesson... Um, so, and yeah, so budgeting is probably your biggest stressor. Yeah, it's it's stressful, I think, because um, budgeting is always going to be stressful, right? Because you're always going to have to live within a certain means. I hope it's not always stressful, but it's always seemed that way to me for the last, like, however long I've been working. So. And would you say that's because you now have a mortgage, so you have that responsibility of, of paying for that, and that seems a bit more intimidating than renting or why do you think the budgeting is the the stressor part? Yes, I, I think the that having that over your head, knowing that you you just cannot You can't afford. just say like, hey, you know what, I'm going to sublet this. Because are you allowed to sublet? Because depending on the mortgage in New York City, that's not always an option. No, I the, the only way I could afford an apartment was to get into a co-op because they okay. tend to be stricter but that and and lower price but that means that they're they're not going to let you sublet whenever you feel like it. Got it. They have very strong rules. There's rules that you have to adhere to. And and the process of even getting into a co-op, you have to sit in front of a board. They ask you questions about your personal you have life. You that interview process. Yes, and you put together as big of a packet as you did for your bank, if not bigger, for oh, your wow. board. So at one point they had asked me for my credit card statement for the last 3 months and I said that just seems extremely invasive to to say to well, go, let's see what go she through spends. and be like Netflix, you know, seamless, seamless. They want to see everything about your life. Class pass. What is this girl spending her money on? Yes, exactly. And I think that was um, that was when I had to draw the line and say. Every, and they were okay with that because they're pretty strict. They are, but um, what I ended up providing them was a redacted credit card statement. That was so smart. I, so they didn't. T- you didn't. They didn't get all the info. Yeah. Well, they don't. You need can to really know, what, know. You can really know a person pretty well with their credit card oh, statement. Abs- especially when I'm a girl who never carries cash. I don't I mean, know about most people, but I, I would say in our day and age, that there's a lot of people who don't carry cash. My dad once said to me, "I don't. I don't carry cash," and he was like, "What are you, a Rockefeller?" 
And I was like, doesn't everyone take credit cards, though? Yes. I've learned to carry a little bit of cash, but yeah, a lot of people don't carry cash. So you can see their whole life on their credit card statement. Yeah. And I was like, it's not necessary for them to see where I go to get my eyebrows done or where I go to shop. Right. We don't want the co-op board knowing that. No, they don't need to see what I'm spending my money okay, on. Okay. So that was your solution. You redacted it and mm-hmm. you blacked everything out. Yeah. And they actually came back saying, well, we don't know if this will work for us. And oh. I said, well, you, everything else about me and my financial standing that should be the more relevant pieces, and that's there for them. Well, good for giving them that pushback, because I agree with you. I wouldn't want someone to see every line item of my spending Monday through, you know. For a whole month. A whole month, <laughs> yeah. Every week, everything you're spending money on. <laughs> yes, I do spend that much money on Uber. Sorry. Yes, I do seamless. Who <laughs> <laughs> could? Yeah. But so I'm surprised that budgeting is still your biggest stressor. But it's mainly just because you have that weight that you can't necessarily just rent out the apartment when you want to. Where I feel like it, it seems like if you were renting, you could say, okay, I'm going to take a break from this adulting thing. I'm going to travel or move in with my parents and be done with renting. You can, you can get out of it if you need to, but you can't get out of a mortgage. No, it's a lot harder. And I don't tell myself anything is permanent because I think that makes it sound a lot more daunting when you're going into it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's true. when I was going into it, my biggest fear was like, am I going to live here for the rest of my life? Right. And I think that, so I'm a big believer in buying your first home and getting into the home game because it's for saving. So rather than you spending money on rent, you're now building equity, which means you're improving your net worth with every one of those payments. And unlike student loans, which we've talked about in other episodes, mortgages are more efficient and they have truth in lending, so it's a little bit easier to make principal-only payments. But it's good to get started as soon as possible. And I always say to somebody, it doesn't need to be your dream home or the home you're going to spend the rest of your life in. It can just be a starter home. So it sounds like that's what this is for you. Yes, and and I, I did sit at that table and I heard some comments from uh, – from some of the people at the table, and I could tell they they were thinking, well, is this girl going to live there for the next three to five years, or is this going to be thirty to the thirty to forty, and she's going to accumulate six or seven cats? And that's, <laughs> you know, so they didn't ask you that. No, but is you, that what, that's what the looks felt like. The looks felt okay, like. Okay, looks and felt a, like a maybe cat of, lady. You don't seem like a cat lady. No, to me. I I am allergic to cats. Oh, did you tell them that? No, but okay. it, it was more of the um co- like. It wasn't even I was in those conversations or they were directly Were you wearing a sweatshirt with cats? No, nothing. Okay, there was nothing implying... No, but I think that's the stereotype associated with when a young woman purchases a home on her own. I don't think... I did not feel like I got the cat look. No? Well, you... I think you may have bought a commercial property... So. Fair, fair. But I would be really annoyed if I felt like I got that cat look. Oh, I was... Not, nothing against people who like cats, but you were saying that you think because you did it by yourself that they were thinking you were a cat lady. Yes, I, I think they thought, well, this is like a child sitting at this table and, you know, she's going to grow into this apartment for the next 40 years or maybe she'll get married eventually and move out. But I, I just felt that there was some... That some people thought, yes, she'll probably get married in the next three to five years mm-hmm. and, and move out. And then there was another side of the table that was like, no, maybe she'll stay there for the next 20 to 30 years. And, and, and whether you stay there for... I mean, I would say probably something over three years would be the most efficient so that you don't have to pay closing costs again because you don't want to pay those on a regular basis because they're expensive. Could, could just to give you an idea, like, what, 10000 Fifteen thousand you spent in closing mm-hmm. costs, so yeah, so that's a big chunk of change, right? So fifteen thousand means you're spending over a thousand dollars a month for that first year that to pay off those closing costs. So you don't want to move out 
year two and then have to rebuy because you're going to lose a lot of money just on closing costs. But even if you stay there for seven or eight years, that's a good amount of time. And it goes quickly. And then you could always upgrade or move. If you decide to move in with somebody, then you could sell it at that point. And then you've at least built equity in that time frame. Absolutely. I'm sorry to hear that they were judgy at the table. They shouldn't be judgy. Well, I walked out with the keys and a yeah. Smile so I mean, you face. you you won in that game. But yeah, it doesn't matter if it's it doesn't need to be your home for 30 years. I think that it can be. I agree, intimidating when you think about it that way because when you sign the paper and it says it's a 30 year mortgage, it's like wow, 30 years. I've never done. I mean, I signed yearly leases, so 30 years. I mean, I was thirty, and you, and you and you and you do and you do the math in your head, and you're like, "Well, I'll be in my sixties then, mm-hmm. right?" Absolutely. But I agree with you; it doesn't have to be. You don't have to stay the whole term of your lease, but at least you're in the game to get going. Because I think home buying is one of the best investments because it's forcing you to save and build that equity. Yeah, and I think it's it's harder for a woman woman to approach that. But at some point, I think it's important to do that for yourself because I. I think I would have done it a lot sooner mm-hmm. had I not felt, well, maybe I'll get married in the next two years. I, I agree with and you. And then, you know, what's the point of it? Because you I, were holding out saying like, well, I think I might be in a certain position, you know, in my personal life that makes it more sense financially at that time. But I agree with you. I mean, I did, I bought my own property as a single female and I'm glad I didn't wait. Yes. And now I feel the same way because the hope that I had of, oh, I'll be married by the time I'm 30, 32 even, and and now 35, it's, it's not something you can just hope for and happen. But you can absolutely do it by yourself. Yes. And you can actually do it for by yourself. You don't need to be married to do it. Yes. It's a little bit more daunting, but it's worth it in the end. And I think that it's it's a very important step for women to start taking. I 100% agree. I would say women specifically, but then also mm-hmm. if you're a guy too, it doesn't, you know, just if because you're single doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. Yeah. It almost seems more common though when a man approaches you and says, I own my own property and you as a woman say, me too. They give you a weird like, what? Wait. Who are you hanging out with? <laughs> we need to get you new friends, girl. Cats. You're getting shade. Okay. So what else is going on? So budgeting is your your biggest issue because now you have the house, which is it just that do you have a set budget that you set for yourself in the beginning of the month or you kind of just wing it and see how it's left no, over? No, I've had the same budget monthly. Even as my um, salary has incrementally grown over the years, I just end up putting more away or trying to save more. Mm-hmm. But I have a set budget that I've tried to live in the last three years, basically. My budget has not really changed. Okay. And anything upcoming in your life? So I just um, abs- I just resigned from my position that I was in for seven years. And oh, congratulations. Thank you. And uh, I decided to pursue a new opportunity that unexpectedly presented itself, um, which, is, which I'm really excited about. And also with it comes a, a salary increase, which I feel like will probably alleviate some of the stressors of my budget. Of your budgeting. That's great. And so with uh, the increase, how did it go with negotiating for that? So one of the things that's really... people always ask, how do I increase... And I think, how do I increase my salary? And I think one of the biggest ways to increase your salary is when you change jobs. You have a great opportunity to ask for more. Absolutely. Uh, I've been at my, my current position for seven years, and I had not seen this kind of incremental increase in my seven years total. Wow, okay. Which is, is quite a feat. So in terms of negotiation... 
there's a new salary law that went into effect in New York City that essentially um, job hunters can no longer ask you what you currently make because that's what they would try to base what they should pay Pay you you going forward. Exactly. And one of the benefits of now them not being able to ask you that is they purely ask you their your expectation. Now, you can give your what you want, what you feel you're worth and what you want to make, and it's totally up to them to say yes or no if mm-hmm. that's within their budget or if they can afford to pay you um, more than what they, they budgeted. But essentially, it gives you that leverage of saying, "Well, no, I'm not going to accept less than this. This is what I this is what I expect," and they can walk so away. So, had from you that. been asking your previous employer for a raise? I had been, and I had kept saying, "Here's what I'm worth on the market, and here's what I should be getting paid." And they would just say, "Well, we we would like to pay you this, but we think maybe in another year you'll be ready." to be promoted where we can pay you that much. and So they were know, kind of just kicking the can down the road. It seems like it. They just kept, yeah, exactly. And I could have waited for a promotion, and it it may have worked out, but I feel like if I waited the years, it would have lo- I would have lost out on income that I would have been Yeah, it would have been an opportunity loss for you. Okay, so when you were applying for this new job and, and talking to them, you said what you thought you were worth, not exactly what you were making at the last job. Yes. Smart. And so you ended up getting more? I ended up getting what I told them my minimum was. Good. And I... A lot of people, I must say, a lot of people are always nervous to do that. And what my advice to people when they're trying to to change jobs and get an increase in in salary, because it definitely helps your long-term financial picture if you're getting those increases when you change jobs, is it doesn't hurt to ask. The worst thing they can do is say no. Exactly. Um, And... Because I wasn't even really looking for a job and this opportunity presented itself, I felt like I was in a stronger position to say, well, if you don't want what I'm earning, if you don't, if you can't afford what I'm wanting, what I'm asking for, yes, then it's okay for you to walk away because I can just stay at my current job. And yes, it would be a little bit of a, a pain point, but at the, at the end of the day, you didn't have as much to lose. Exactly. Because I think having a job makes it key to having a strong negotiating power. I think it's a lot different when you have already lost your job and you're unemployed and looking for a job because you need that income much faster. But I feel like I would agree with you. You're in a position of power when you have a job that is paying you good money and you're comfortable and, and, and making it at that position. You can say, you know what, take it or leave it. This is what I'm worth and this is what I want. Yeah, and after they gave me what I wanted. Kind of reminds me of yes. dating, right? You know, when you don't text the guy back and you're not totally interested, they seem to be a lot more interested. Yes. Similar with jobs. Yeah. You're like, I don't really need this job. So if you're willing to pay me more than double, great, I am. But if if not, no worries. I have a, a great position currently. Absolutely. I'm currently very happy. If you um, if you can offer me what I want, then I'd be interested in hearing more. But if not, <laughs> then, you know, go our separate, let's go well, our separate ways. Good for you. Ways. Okay, so you have this new position coming up. Yes. With a big increase, it sounds like. It's a 50% increase in my total compensation. Great job. That's huge. Yes, but it also indicated to me that I was completely underpaid. Paid in your last position. Yes. That's very common, though. Yeah. Because it's uncomfortable to go and ask for that big increase. And it's, from my experience, and I've obviously, I'm not in HR or recruiting or anything like that, but it seems like you make those big gains with income when you leave. Yes. When you go from firm to firm. Yes. And I, I think you end up... Um, I think at one point in life or in in time, it was it was 
better to stay in one position your whole entire life. Oh yeah, like life. my grandfather. You get that gold watch. 30 years, gold watch. I think he got a turkey. I don't know why that was such a big deal, but I think he got a gold watch and a turkey when you retired because you could have that retirement dinner and that was like a big deal. I think you had to be 30 years to get the turkey. So yes, yeah, so no, nowadays people don't stay. I would say the average tenure is three to five, three to five maybe longer you're seven. So some yeah. people, some people say longer, but I would agree. Yeah, the tenure is not as long. No, and it's almost like raising eyebrows when you say you've been in your position more than five years. It's like, wait, what? Why? Why would you? I know. Do that? My grandfather also was really funny, the one that actually got the turkey and the gold watch. Uh, so when I first got my first job at Bloomberg, they used to fly me all over the place, and he couldn't believe they put me on an airplane. He was like, "What do you mean you're going to be going to Chicago?" I was like, "Well, they're going to fly me there." really on a plane like yep on a plane i'd call him in the airport I'm like i'm in the airport in chicago and he couldn't get over that the companies would pay for me to fly all over the place but no it's a totally different environment these days yeah i think it's it's like the millennial mindset where it's more well because you get those big increases yeah if you, if you change typically so yeah. it's hard to stay when you know another company's gonna pay 50 percent more yeah and well i think you also like as a millennial sometimes have add and you're like i kind of want to change what i'm doing and it's like three to five years all right i'm bored next thing next whereas thing. um maybe in the past that wasn't such a a thing that's true so that's gonna help a lot with your budget then absolutely but my goal is to put away more and not not substantially change my lifestyle and how much i've been um spending I, d- I would prefer to start also putting away more since I, I don't want to. Yeah, I would say for you, depending on what your ma- what's your match at the new company, do you know or not yet? Uh, not not sure, to be honest. Okay, so maybe what we could do is once you get your package, because they're going to give you this when you start your new company, they're going to give you this lovely stack of papers from HR. So I can take a look at what your 401k is going to be. We can get that set up, but I definitely would contribute more and make sure you're putting away more. And then you could probably also do a principal-only payment on your mortgage, and that'll save you a bunch of... You don't, you're not paying high interest, but it will save you... You could potentially save seven or eight years off your mortgage. That would be great. So why don't we do that? So I will sit down with you after. We'll figure out what to do with your new jobs retirement plan and your mortgage, and then we'll check back with you in six months. Okay, yeah, do I'm you, excited. Do you have any other questions? Well, I, I think I'm... I'm pretty good. I feel like I'm pretty good about what I know because I try to read a lot about how to do more personal savings. But also, if I do have questions, I'll reach out to you. Thanks for chatting with me today. Yeah, it's my pleasure. And that's it for today's podcast and learning how to make your money work for you. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.